I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Good morning, Noah. Uh, welcome to my new office. <laughs> yeah, your new office. It's it's looking cool. That's, that's nice that you're going to have your own space there. Yeah. I just hope there is no echo in the recording. That would be kind of bad, but... Yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 figure that out if there is, and uh, it will be fine, I'm sure. So yeah, so I, did you did you move in like yeah, completely yeah. or? We just uh, basically just finished getting all the stuff over, um, and we have most of the stuff unpacked. Well, this room, <laughs> which <laughs> luckily nobody besides you can see, is still <laughs> packed with stuff. But um, <laughs> is that that's where all your boxes are going? <laughs> <laughs> just stuff them in one room and then call it unpacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no yeah. but we we got all the stuff over and there's not too much to do anymore so i can probably uh build some stuff again on the weekend <laughs> which is kind of cool nice yeah but you're, but you're excited to be in that new place you like it the movement yeah. wasn't too bad it's a pretty great apartment it's pretty hot up here because we're right under the roof um and it is very hot in germany right now uh, but if if it cools down at night, you can get some fresh air in, and that's that's great. So yeah, definitely like the yeah. new apartment. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, that's exciting. So, uh, <coughs> what have you been up to this week, man? So, hopefully, you can hear me still. Um, I did some customer interviews, as I had mentioned. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that I was planning on doing. Um, and my goal was to do 10 customer interviews, customer discovery stuff. Um, and I ended up doing nine. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, yeah. I was able to get that many people to talk to, you know, I, I reached out to, uh, people that I knew used companies that I knew used intercom and just like, Hey, you could, I'm, I'm working on this problem. Would you, and I see you have a lot of experience with it. <clears throat> Would you, I'd like to get your advice on some things around it. And so that seemed to, you know, people, a decent amount of people are pretty uh, perceptive to that. Um, so yeah, it was good. Um, so, I mean, the main reason I was doing these uh, just customer discoveries, just to kind of see if I'm on the right track, kind of a, another gauge with where I'm at. Um, and then a little bit, like I was able at the end to kind of sometimes show them what I've built so far to just kind of have them verify kind of the solution that I'm on the like if I'm on track with the solution so that was really nice too because I haven't necessarily done been able to do that in previous customer discovery um and so I I kind of wrote down some of the things that I uh, learned I think from these customer discoveries so one of the big things that I, I kind of knew, but um, I definitely learned more talking to people is there's a difference between customer success uh, roles and customer support. So it's kind of like two different roles that companies have. Yeah, and yeah. it's actually kind of confusing because there's a little <laughs> bit of like um, a, a blur where sometimes, like it depends on the company. Some companies, they kind of treat them one and the same like people that are supporting customers are also the ones that are doing customer discovery or not customer uh, customer success they're kind of helping their companies um be successful and you know make sure they can do onboarding yeah, yeah um 
but then there's other companies they they have separate roles for that and they're kind of two different positions so i was able to ask you know i talked to some, some customer success people talked to some customer uh, support people and i was able to really kind of split up what those two roles look like and where kind of support man fits in that and kind of the two the two main differences is customer success they seem to be more so involved on the beginning of the customer journey like yeah. a lot of onboarding stuff like making sure companies their their customers are ready to go um other than that they kind of drop off with you know almost they hand it off to the customer support team to you know if things come up they take care of it if it escalates then maybe the support team will pass it back up to customer success um <clears throat> So really the difference is that customer success teams are more about being proactive and support teams are about being reactive to oh, yeah. problems. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I kind of found that um, there, is, there isn't really, <clears throat> there's not a ton that com customer success people are doing in Intercom actually. Like they do a few things, they might reply to, a conversation if it's a company they're like working with onboarding and stuff but otherwise they're not really in intercom that much but that's um, that's so, good because now you don't have to rebrand to success man <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's true um and so basically through that you know kind of figuring out like okay i need to not <clears throat> probably need to not worry about them too much and and some of the things that they want yep really need to focus more on the support side so that was good. That was one of the learnings. Um, let's see. The second is that pretty much all companies are doing some form of weekly reports where they're reporting, they're, they're figuring out the metrics and stuff on their support team. And then they're either sharing that with a boss, a manager above them, or they're sharing it with their team of support people. And pretty much every company I talked to is doing this. Um, which I, I, I had kind of learned a little bit in my previous customer discovery, but it was really good to validate like, okay, this is something every company's doing and it takes them time. Like it takes the lead person time. Um, a, a lot of them said probably like somewhere from a half an hour to an hour a week that they're oh, spending yeah. to kind of create this report. And that's, you know, that's a, definitely what I'm trying to do with support man with my like automated weekly reports is take the information they care about it, just send it to them directly. So I did have, you know, a couple of people when I asked, um, you know, what would they, what, what's the biggest problem that we talked about that you think is the most worth like solving that you would want. And it was this part was the weekly reports because they said like if you know i can save them that time like that's that's a good amount of money oh that's good yeah yeah be willing to pay for that so yeah that was good um to kind of validate that i'm, I'm hopefully on track with that portion um the one thing though is that i noticed is they don't necessarily care if that stuff is in slack like they kind of just want a weekly report you know it could be in pdf form it could be like a custom dashboard they don't really care that it's in slack yeah. so i thought that was kind of interesting um and in some ways it just means that um being in slack doesn't really differentiate me that much from other possible solutions to it you know there could there are other like kind of metric tools or you know dashboard kind of tools that they could maybe use so that's kind of interesting um 
let's see, the last kind of thing is that the conversation ratings that I'm doing with Support Man right now, there's really two good reasons to use that and like kind of two problems that companies possibly have, I think, to use that. And if they don't have those, then it's kind of not worth it to them. One of those is um, basically being able to jump on negative feedback, uh, negative ratings, and like help those customers make sure they're happy to kind of make their overall rating scores more positive. So if, if a company has problems with that, that's a problem they would probably, I think, want support man for, um, which is good. I think there's, I don't know how many companies struggle with that though. That's, that's kind of the hard part is to know like how many or how big of problems that is. I, I've talked to yeah. maybe one or two companies that like, oh, that's kind of a problem for us, but yeah, not sure overall with that. But the other reason I think I found with talking to some people is the conversation ratings are good just for accountability across the team. So when the whole team is seeing your ratings and stuff, it it just makes everyone on the support team like, okay, I want to do a better job, Uh, especially for I was talking to kind of like the founder of a company that wanted to use it for that reason. He just doesn't know what's really going on with his support team. And so like just being able to see the ratings and stuff coming through, like just kind of gives gave him like yeah, yeah. felt like he could keep his team more accountable and stuff. So that was kind of the other thing I found. Um so yeah, that was that was most of my learnings. Um kind of the last question that I always kind of asked was like, would you be willing to pay for this? And and if so, like how much like how how big of a problem is this for you and yeah out of the nine people i think maybe like three of them were i got to a point where like okay this is a problem for them they'd be willing to pay for something so that was good um i mean i think that's a good amount hopefully (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just hard to know still if like yep (laughs) they're actually gonna pay for it because uh, so one of the situations um and this this customer that i talked to he was actually trialing support man he liked it we had a conversation he wanted to kind of continue it and he was going to pay for it and you know two days later he then kind of came back and he said hey um intercom just launched some features which i knew about intercom had this big launch like last week and a half where they added like 20 new features um and he was like they now have um reports for the metrics so Mm. i don't really need support man anymore yeah and i was like oh man (laughs) um and so i i looked at i've looked at their features and stuff and i knew they definitely added some more around their reports and metrics and stuff i didn't think that i saw something where it was like a automated like weekly like report where it sends stuff to you um maybe they did add that i'll have to check that out more but that was kind of that was kind of scary to hear that like oh "Oh, intercom now has this baked in and i don't need support man anymore um and that's that is definitely sorry go ahead yeah i mean that sounds pretty threatening to the whole idea right Right. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, that is definitely one of the risks of being on a platform is, oh, the company decides just to kind of build that themselves. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into it more because I don't know if it really does necessarily what I'm doing necessarily. Um, It may just been kind of 
in some ways it could have been a cop out i feel where he just oh, kind of yeah. wanted to he just decided he didn't want to pay for something extra and wanted to kind of throw out a reason which they did have some reporting but i don't know if that means they necessarily are, are solving the same problem with it but uh so yeah I, i'll definitely have to look at, into that but that yeah it's definitely kind of scary to hear that and just like oh man that, yep, that kind yep. of stinks <laughs> yeah i mean that would be really bad for you to see that they build weekly reports basically just what you're uh, what you're trying to send people um hmm. yeah yeah so that was that was most of kind of what i was working on i haven't really worked on any new features for a little while i do have kind of a long list now of like from talking to these people <laughs> and some kind of requests from some trialing customers that are like hey I really need this and uh so that's good i guess just because i kind of have a have a roadmap but it's like i don't know i think it will take a bit of time to to kind of set back and kind of add all these different features mostly they're like kind of making the weekly reports more customizable that's kind of yeah, yeah a yeah. lot of the main yeah, feedback I can see that. i'm getting yeah um, I can see that. and i kind of figured i'd have to build some of that in eventually um so i'm just kind of trying to figure out the timing for that i guess like if i should just jump on that now or what um but the last kind of thing i've been thinking about is i think basically i think i need to take a little bit of a break from support man like i think i'm feeling a little bit burned out with everything just like i don't know just like hearing some no's kind of uh hearing you know basically just the kind of like the stresses we were talking about the last yeah, yeah. week or two of like, am I on the right path? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I've, you know, I've heard some bad feedback, heard some good feedback and just like <laughs> kind of like stepping back to kind of just maybe take a breather. I, I think it's hard. I think this is kind of when burnout comes, at least for me is like when I spent, I've spent a lot of time building something, working on something, you know, you're creating something, you put your heart and soul into it and then to kind of get feedback that maybe you're not in the right path i think that kind of makes you like oh man i just spent all this time i'm tired now i I spent all this hard work and now i'm not even sure if it's if it's going there (laughs) yeah so i think that's why i'm feeling a little burnt out um and so man that's uh hmm that's a bummer to hear but like are you i do you just want to like take like a week or two away from building it and then just come back to it so you like just refresh your energy basically (laughs) yeah that's what i'm thinking is take like a week or two i mean the other thing to mention probably also why i'm kind of tired is our newborn he just he just turned a (laughs) month today but i mean there's definitely you know uh not necessarily stressed, but just being tired basically. Cause you know, yeah, you that, get waking up, woken yeah. up in the middle of the night. That makes and, sense. <laughs> yeah. So there's just kind of a lot going on. Um, so yeah, I think I probably will like take a week or two to just kind of try to not think about support man as much. Um, maybe do, yeah, do some, some other things with my extra time just to kind of free up my mind maybe. And yeah. I think that will hopefully help. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you did you did get a lot of stuff done that week, and I think all the interviews basically just confirmed what you already knew that I, I mean, there is something that people want. I don't know if three out right. of ten is like the best uh, number, but it's also not bad, I guess. Um, and it also right. always depends on who you're talking to. So, 
Hmm. Right. I mean, I think there's that, like, is this problem big enough people are willing to pay for? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, you know, I think about and I think is why I'm kind of feeling like, oh man, I'm not sure if I'm on the right path is the distribution kind of problem. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I want I wanted to build a business where I didn't necessarily have to worry about sales too much where, you know, there's just kind of like a people coming in the door just through other channels like either SEO or something like that and you know, my hypothesis was that the intercom app store would be that. And I think I've kind of proven that it won't be that, um, yep, that's, you know, still yeah, getting yeah. like one or two signups a week from it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, that's not enough to really build and grow a business. I don't think. And so that's, I think that's kind of what I have to think about is like, you know, is there anything I can do about that? Um, I've already actually updated like my listing and tried to optimize it a little bit to make it, you know, some more people come through the door there. But I don't know, it just seems like it's not a big enough funnel there, I guess, for people to come through. Um, and yeah, yeah. There. I, I think I would agree that you would definitely need to find a different channel in addition to intercom. Right. Uh, but I mean, there is still time to figure that out, I'd say. Like, <laughs> That, that right. might be a different channel that you're just not seeing so far. Um, hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of it is just kind of taking some time to relax a little bit. I think that will help. And uh, then I, maybe I'll come back with some like motivation and vigor to jump into it and uh, hopefully keep things going. Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> Okay, yeah, how about you? What's been going on the last week or two? Um, I almost feel bad saying that now, but I got 39 <laughs> new requests uh, since last Thursday. That's um, crazy. So, yeah. Just, that is, that's awesome. That is a lot. It's almost to the point again where I cannot handle the, <laughs> the amount of requests. Um, and I've been filtering um, those uh you know, pretty strictly and only reached out to those people um, who either emailed me uh, asking if they could check it out and kind of introduce their community so that I made, basically made sure that they already have a community uh, that is running mm -hmm. and they have a need for it right now. Um, I also got approached, this is kind of funny, for the first time two German people actually reached out and I uh, I kind of dropped that little thing in my first email to them that the whole GDPR thing is not a big issue because all the servers are in the EU, which is kind of a big deal for me because uh, I, I think we talked about that privately that I cannot really go with DigitalOcean or whatever because of the whole GDPR shield thing. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm kind of hesitant to, to make that move. And they were kind of excited about the whole platform and that was just a big bonus for them. <laughs> um so that yeah i mean you could be like perfect for people in the eu because yeah. you're you're you know you're you've built it to work with all that stuff so yeah yeah where maybe other platforms your competitors probably aren't maybe they're not thinking about that yet you know yep definitely that's that's what i'm seeing so far um so yeah i mean i mean in general i'm just in a way better place i think than i have been for the past two episodes maybe um, that's awesome. That's that's good to hear. I, I kind of managed to not care so much about the uh, the trial link users uh, not not converting. <laughs> um, 
maybe also because in the episode in the, in the last episode with Justin we we kind of or I kind of said that I'm making it hard for people to actually sign up which is true I guess <laughs> so I really listened to that and I was like yeah I'm actually I am making it pretty hard for people to sign up right now um, so one of the next steps should definitely be opening the whole thing up uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I have also um, managed to build a couple features um, so I I, I don't know if I've mentioned that, but I, I implemented a whole new search um, with Elasticsearch. So um, that basically means the scalability for search is kind of solved at this point. Um, it makes search way faster and actually better um, with fuzziness and all the nerdy stuff. We don't have to go into the details there. Um, that's I, I that's did this, really good though. Yeah, I did the same thing I did with the MySQL already. So every community now has their own Elasticsearch uh, instance basically running. Um, and that also gave me, gave me another idea that I am still exploring a little bit, but which has me pretty excited. And that is putting every community on their own server. Um, that sounds a little crazy, but I I found a found a German or a I, th- I think they're German actually, or at least in the EU as well, um, cloud hosting provider just like DigitalOcean. So they let you spin up servers for like three bucks per month, and it's enough to actually run the application. <laughs> um, wow! And it I I was actually hoping that I could provision a server when somebody signs up, like oh you're signing up, just wait for like thirty seconds and you get your entire system set up for you. That will probably not work because it takes like seven minutes for the whole application to you know like set up the server with all the uh, security stuff install Elasticsearch, grab everything from git um that that just takes like seven to eight minutes uh so so that's not a time you want to wait when you just sign up for it i guess um so one thought is you could have like five already provisioned and ready servers just running and then just when somebody signs up just give them the next server in that queue and provision a new one um, so there is this mm. little pool of already prepared servers and everybody just gets one of those servers because they're so cheap that you can literally just keep five servers running at all times, even though nobody's using them at that point. And then when somebody actually yeah. signs up and grabs a server, a new one gets provisioned. So you just seven minutes from that point on, you will have another server. And that actually solves m- most of the scalability issues and actually would allow me to go a little crazy and add some real-time functionality because then um, it's not su- such a big deal anymore of having like multiple or a few hundred connections at the same time, which can quickly happen if, if a community is a thousand members and I put them all on the same server, well, that would be kind of problematic. And that kind of solves that issue. So that's definitely something I want to look into a little more. Um, and yeah, what else did I do? I also um, so you oh yeah. so question about Go that. Ahead. So you jumped into this uh, because you just wanted to make uh, your just your performance more robust for big big communities. Yeah, maybe not even big communities, but if if let's just say I get ten communities like Mega Maker, which should happen <laughs> at some point, hopefully. Um, like from the size of MegaMaker, so let's say 500 active users. Um, that's already a bunch, right? That's 5,000 users. And if I put them all on the same server and they are active just like the MegaMaker community, so basically where every day something's happening, um, that's already like a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is, I mean, 5,000 is not 
too much uh, for a single server obviously but if if it grows at a certain pace it quickly becomes a problem and i'm just hoping to anticipate that as as early as possible and if if that infrastructure thing with one server per community um for an affordable price works out uh, as i'm seeing right now that would be brilliant because then i just don't have to worry about that anymore so if then a really big community comes along um, I can always just go in and upgrade their server, right? So everybody else can stay on the smallest server for just three bucks a month. And then they just get one server that costs like 10 bucks a month or whatever, which can handle more requests and everything. And because they can mm -hmm. put their own domain on that, it doesn't even have to go through a load balancer anymore at that point. And it's literally just a separate server, a separate instance of the entire thing. Yeah. That would be perfect. Like that would <laughs> solve every scalability issue basically. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's it's just me thinking about it it's not the highest priority obviously um but it has me pretty excited because it also means that i don't have to worry about writing my application the way i did right now where um the application has to decide which database to go with uh, because every cl every community has their own database right so the um basically every request the, the the application has to decide which database to go to and if everybody's on their own server, it's literally just a single application with a single database, and I don't have to make that differentiation anymore, which makes yeah. makes it way easy to write the code. Um, and then the same for the Elasticsearch instances, which would only be one instead of how many customers I have. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is exciting to take away some of that complexity. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's something I'm thinking about. It's affordable. It seems like a good fit. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else did I do? I also um, f kind of finished a first small version of the public API and actually started writing all the documentation for it today. <laughs> um, so that can probably ship on the weekend. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, it's it's just some basic reads and writes, so you can create a channel and a thread, and you can grab all the members, all the channels, all the threads. Um, but it's a start, <laughs> and I yeah yeah uh, want to build on that, obviously. And I can also um, kind of extend the Zapier integration with what I have from the public API then. Mm. And something that came out of out of the conversation with Justin as well. Um, is that and that's kind of in the sense of opening it up or making it a little easier to sign up um so i have this main menu or it's it like that there's this main menu and it is not very complex so admins see three things like profile settings and dashboard and then inside the dashboard is the billing section where you can actually upgrade your plans as as thinking that that's probably a little bit too far away like that's hidden away inside the dashboard and there is no easy way to just get there so i was thinking to yeah actually move the whole billing section into that main menu and actually and i literally had that idea just on my way home <laughs> to this recording here i could just <laughs> uh, you know just link there so in the main menu for admins just put a link that will then take them to the dashboard so I don't even have to, you know, like move the whole billing section somewhere else. I can just leave it in the dashboard, but just link to it from the main menu. It, it's so obvious, actually. I don't know why I haven't done that before. <laughs> um, yeah. But that takes away a lot of the friction that that is in there uh, right now. Um, hmm. So, yeah. And would that be to upgrade from... Uh 
the trial. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to upgrade right now, you have to basically go to the dashboard and from the dashboard, go to the billing section and then choose a plan and then, you know, enter your billing credentials. Um, so that that basically just takes away all the process of going there with just one click, like menu, billing, and then you're yeah. there, just choose a plan and that's it. <laughs> um, so that's definitely something I want to do because it's literally just one minute of work. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that sounds good. And yeah, next thing, probably focus on opening it all up. I was thinking of going credit card f up front. <laughs> um, and yeah, I also did talk to a bunch of people from those 39. Uh, I think I talked to like six people over the week. Um, one of them said something that was pretty encouraging, um, which was that they just tried Circle after they had their public launch and they actually thought it's doing too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they were kind of excited about Playgroup. That was good to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Put put the, put the your competitor up against you and they're like, oh, no, I'll, I'll go Playgroup. Yeah, I did, honestly, I didn't expect that. I was like, huh, that's good to hear <laughs> because I was worried because they have all the features and I don't really have all of them and I don't want to build all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, uh, yeah, um, next steps, opening it up, um, making the registering stuff hopefully easy for people. <laughs> uh, I was thinking if I should put up a coming soon thing on Product Hunt maybe, because I'm kind of approaching that public launch then. Um, I could probably put up the whole registering and opening up before the public launch really, but it could help yeah. gather even more email addresses. Um, <laughs> which I can then notify at some point when I really do the public launch. I, I don't know, have you have you ever done that? Um, um, yeah, so I have done one product hunt launch and that was back, that was back, remember early in uh, product journey? Oh yeah. When yeah. Uh, did snooze you lose yeah, in 24 yeah. hours. I remember. <laughs> we did a product hunt launch with that. Um, I think we were like third for the day. So it was pretty good. Huh. I think my advice would be open it up before product yeah. hunt and yeah, just yeah. like basically see how it goes. Like see if there's any any issues, if if maybe there's some drop off for whatever reason of, I don't know, people not signing up anymore. Like I think especially like you mentioned adding credit card first. I mean, that's kind of a pretty big change really to like the signup flow and stuff. So maybe just like seeing how does that go? Like, do you have a drop off of signups or is it, is that the outcome you want um, before then, you know, basically just opening that up to a lot of other new people on product hunt. Yep, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like you are pretty close to being ready for that. I guess the only other thing I would think about um, as well is like, you know, are you happy with your positioning that you you've talked about in the past like are you at the at a place where okay you're set on that um and you think it will talk to the right people that you want in the door yeah i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've, I've kind of come to terms with with not having like this defined uh, group of people just because like even if you look at the circle side um, they they kind of mention some of the community types uh, that are using Circle, and it's literally all over the place. <laughs> um, it's like from businesses to podcast hosts, building communities around it. 
um and so my thought is yeah instead of just you know like putting up a list of 10 to 50 <laughs> different use cases um just keep it open um and i, I really like what justin said last uh, last week about uh you know like capitalizing on being independent um and yeah. being like this single founder um so yeah i'm, I'm thinking before a really public uh, before really publicly launching there should be some modifications to the landing page still um i also have two really good quotes that i'm sitting on that aren't even on the page yet <laughs> um that would definitely help um yeah definitely so yeah probably going to uh tinker with the with the landing page a little bit before i do that but that's probably the hardest part <laughs> that's coming up because i have to actually write some copy for that <laughs> um, hmm. yeah sounds like sounds like a plan it sounds like you're yeah you're on your way sounds yeah good. i think it's it's a good thing that i could kind of stop worrying about the whole positioning for a bit mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because that freed me up to just you know stay on the track that i was on before worrying about it <laughs> yeah and and kind of enjoy it more it sounds yeah, like yeah 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 cool well that sounds like a good week and uh thank you listeners for dropping in and hearing how we're doing um if you have any questions definitely reach out to us on twitter otherwise we'll be talking to you in another episode see you next week bye